0: This is Unaffected. Welcome to Unaffected, a podcast that offers a curated look at some obscure, forgotten, and neglected singers of the mid-20th century. I'm your host, Ethan Stoller, and this is the bonus episode I've been promising for a while. Uh, this is my chat with Franklin Bruno. Uh, I met with him on the radio from Claremont, California, back at the end of July. And just to recap really briefly, uh, Franklin Bruno is a songwriter, one of my favorites, a uh, scholar, a poet. Uh, he's an author. And just to give just an idea of what a great songwriter he is, I'm going to play Briefly, a song he wrote called Union Busting, as performed by Jenny Toomey, who recorded a full uh, CD album of his songs. And this song is, it's an amazing feat in just clever, uh, brilliant songwriting. And the song is an extended metaphor which compares a romantic relationship to a labor negotiation. Um, And just check out the lyrics and just the craft of this track, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do.
1: I negotiated in good faith and waited. You proposed a contract, no more human contact. I thought I held the cards, but I was wrong. Because you've been using all along You're too enterprising for collectivizing deadlocked in our summits while production plummets My bargaining position seems so strong
0: That's just a small taste of Franklin Bruno's genius. Let's get to the uh, interview we had. Um, Bear with it a bit, uh, because on the radio you can play entire songs without any repercussions, uh, and you can't do that on a podcast. The songs will be pared down a bit. And also, the typical uh, way on the radio people discuss songs is to play a couple, few of them first, and then talk about them kind of in reverse order. Uh, that doesn't quite work in this format, so you'll you'll hear it. it'll be a bit... There'll be some jagged cuts, but I want to play it so that we discuss the song uh, that we had previously heard. But I'll play you the discussion about it, and then I'll play the excerpt of the song so you can know what you're listening to. Also, there were a couple times where Franklin was a little late turning on my mic... So I'm going to reenact those parts, because it's essentially you hear every word I had to say. So I'll uh, I'll see you at the end, and uh, enjoy the show.
2: Now, I would like to introduce, briefly, uh, Ethan Stoller. Hi. Hi. Ethan uh, runs a, um, runs? <laughs> That's the, has. Founded. Founded, executes, conceived and executed a podcast uh, called Unaffected, Um You've done about uh, eight, ten at this seven. point, seven. Okay, and um, I first of all, I recommend it. Uh, it's uh, you can find it at its own own site, I believe,
0: unaffectedpod.com, uh,
2: but also on on you know your usual, usual. I, I won't even name the the corporate entities where you can find it. But uh, each episode is about you keep it you keep it succinct, which is another nice thing, twenty minutes, and. um and each week he talks about uh, plays, excerpts from and sometimes entire songs and talks about um, songs from his collection of, uh, of records by uh, lesser known, generally female singers of the 1950s and, and 1960s. So the first thing, before we get into the specific songs, how, at what point and how did that become um, a, a genre that you started focusing on uh, and and then collecting?
0: First, I just have one correction. It's not exclusively about female singers only. Although so far I've only profiled female singers, but you know any singer of any genders, uh, you know, eligible. But we'll see if a a man breaks oh, that. Oh,
2: okay. That. I actually had 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 kind of somehow had that assumption because when I've been record shopping with you, that's what you're buying. No, too. no, it's definitely
0: an area that I focus on. Sure. So maybe someday some man will break that glass floor.
2: Uh, well <laughs> then, how would the how would how would the uh, period uh, how did the period come to appeal to you? Has uh, it been a long time thing? I mean, I I, I know like like so many of our age, uh, you know, you have a, a punk and indie rock background among sure. among other things. But uh, how did you come come back to to these styles?
0: Uh, well, uh, a lot of it's influenced by my brother Jack. Uh, we went to uh, University of Illinois in Champaign in Urbana, Illinois and their public libraries had great jazz collections mm. and he kind of turned me on to just taking out like you know like armfuls of cds at a time and just dubbing them on the cassette and i really got into like duke ellington and ella fitzgerald and the you know the bigger names uh that you know everyone kind of knows and it was very gradual over the years I, I you know i started migrating away more you know from the indie rock fandom and into this kind of stuff and then you know, I got into the cover art, and then as I started to, you know, actually be able to, you know, have money in my bank account, I would I would be like Dusty Groove in Chicago and wonder like, why are these records like a hundred dollars? I mean, they're they're gorgeous. I mean, the right. artwork is gorgeous. That that's that, that was a big attractive uh, thing to me was the artwork, and then just you know, it, it was I started with one, and then you you know, you get that itch. Uh,
2: well, I've I've tried to. um i i try to to become attracted to genres where the records are not a hundred dollars right uh, like uh, if yeah. you've ever gone through smart it, got, you, you know uh or or you go to the record stores that don't care about that thing right like i have so many um uh broadway cast recordings that i got like at a at a at a punk rock record store oh yeah there's this box of horrible we don't want to even know oh. what this is stuff from the 19, 19, forties and fifties, <laughs> right? And then so that's that's the trick. That's 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 great. That's a good for trick. You. But uh, and vice versa, you know, you might find uh, you might find a um, I don't know a raincoats record at the uh, at at the well. There aren't any Broadway record stores anymore. There used to be one in New York. You you, you would have loved Footlights. No, no, I, I, was, right. I was I was
0: I was there Fourteenth Street or no Thirteenth
2: Twelfth Street and um <laughs> uh so let's get into uh, specific yeah. uh, records um the going backwards uh we heard uh, a record by the Ethiopian singer uh Bazinesh Bekele i hope i'm i'm pronouncing that uh and it's, the the spot on tune is uh felagote
0: i think so Yeah. based on what is she the lyric right. in the song yeah
2: and uh so tell us how you encountered that and this, this is this an interesting thing about the 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 project to me too is that um, you're not uh, merely focusing on, uh, on English-language uh, singers. So, um...
0: Well, like most folks like you and me, uh, I, was, I was originally introduced to Ethiopian music via the Ethiopic series. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard those or seen them. Sure. At least. Um, and this artist doesn't appear on any of them, as far as I can discern. I, uh, but I confess I don't know a lot about her. There's not a lot of information. Uh, apparently she was popular and there's about 12 or 13 sides and uh it's it's already it's readily available on spotify but um this was one i this is like for a future episode of unaffected so i haven't done all the research all uh, right I, I must confess
2: well you don't happen to know anything about the band the the the, the, the i
0: pretty don't
2: great kind of advanced it's somewhere between I mean I hear a little bit of township jive I hear a little bit of fela I mean it's getting into that horn thing um Those, but it, it has a certain lightness to it It
0: uh, well yeah it's the the Ethiopian groovy sound with the the uh, pentatonic scale it's mm-hmm. so you know distinctive to it um but I don't know who the band is I don't this is one that just kind of lives in the ether of mm-hmm. my <laughs> collection but I just I I I love her performance and um it's such a groovy record and Mm -hmm. i I was eager to share it but i'll do a little i'll try to dig a little deeper and uh you know a little teaser for a future unaffected episode
3: Mm
2: And uh, before that, we heard uh, Mavis Rivers, who is uh, one of the rare artists that you you have talked about that I knew about uh, somewhat before. But this, so we heard "Chocolate Ice Cream Cone," and as you commented off the air, and as I recognized, it has a it it has a quite similar character to um, Ella Fitzgerald's early records like "A Tisket and and chewing gum, a sort of girlish innocence, right. Um, uh, and uh, tell me, I know a little bit about her, but uh, tell me what the Mavis Rivers story so is. So Mavis
0: Mavis Rivers, um, I think she never quite got a fair shake as far as you know, at least in modern era. As far as being one of the great jazz singers, I think in her day she was recognized as such. Um, what I love about her is her tone is just maybe the smoothest I've ever heard. It's I love it so much. She was from. Uh, Western Samoa, and she made a bunch. This is one of uh, many 78s she recorded in uh, back toward New Zealand, I think they were recorded in. Hmm. And there was this big gap in her career where she kind of sang with her sisters and like a three-woman uh, harmony group, and then she kind of like for five years didn't make any records and then kind of reemerged, I think, in 1959 or 1960 with her own solo records. She was later on reprise
2: right i I think i have one i think i have the liner notes give me the impression it was her first american record just called mavis i'm not absolutely sure uh i
0: don't i think the i don't think that's her first one but i'm not
2: and it has uh i i got into it because it has um a song called massachusetts uh yeah yeah, which is (laughs) like the 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 best um the best blues about massachusetts that you'll ever hear and and it's (laughs) it's a uh, it's it's by the ragtime can is lucky roberts and um and uh andy razoff that's waller's ly- ly- lyricist so it's uh, a a cool song and she she sings it great and i had never heard it before it was a it was a um hit for uh gene with anita oday that's why i know it but oh. yeah she's a wonderful singer i would like to hear more and and did quite a bit i mean she had an american career did she play clubs and yeah she yeah. put out
0: i think five lps mm-hmm. that were i think reasonably popular you still see them all over you know used
2: record stores mm-hmm. but
0: i just feel like she's not in that pantheon of you know sarah vaughn and anito day right and i wonder she might belong there
2: <laughs> she'd look looking uh, i wonder if she's in um you know there's a couple of of big jazz vocal books there's will will Wald's book I, I, don't think he, I don't think she's in that. interesting Okay, and uh, in that set, the first song we heard was by uh, um, Kiz Harp, or Kiz and D- Dick, and Kiz Harp? Dick, and how... Dick is the pianist. Okay, that's so credited.
0: D- the artist, yeah, is Dick and Kiz Harp. Right. Uh, so Kiz Harp, if you had to nail me down and just say who's my favorite singer, it would be her. Mm. Like, re- like if you know, it's hard to pick one, but she uh, was from Indiana, I think Elkhart or South Bend. And she and Dick had, like, they were successful kind of nightclub duo in Chicago for a few years in the 50s. Uh, and they relocated to Dallas, and they founded uh, a jazz club called The 90th Floor, where there was, like, no talking allowed. It was kind of one of these, like, if you go, it's understood, you don't talk. And so they recorded— So it's like
2: The Stone. I don't know that. That's John's, John Zorn's uh, club in uh, in New York recently moved to the new school, but he got sick of running club bars like knitting factory and tonic. So he just started this place where, like it's a sort of forbidding kind of listening room. Like you can't even get a glass of water. You sit down and you listen to you know, whoever, Anthony Coleman or, or Mark Rabot or whatever uh, if, for 45 minutes and uh, you're you're happy to be there, you know.
0: That sounds, I like that, you know. It's it, it, it's nice for the people who, who are there to hear the music to not have yeah.
2: clanking and, you know, chattering. But this place was a kind of a cocktail but you just weren't supposed to talk during the music.
0: No talking. In, in fact, on the front of the LP on the cover it says, for listeners only. So, so no <laughs> dancing either. <laughs> it's a light
3: Afternoon, and the beetle bugs are zoomin', and the tulip trees are bloomin', and there ain't another human in view Just us two. It's a lazy afternoon And the farmer leaves his reaping In the meadow cows are sleeping And the speckled trout stop leaping upstream As we If you hold my hand and sit real still, you can hear the grass as it grows. It's a hazy afternoon. And my rockin' chair'll fit ya. and my cakes were never richer And I've made a tasty pitcher of tea Come spend this lazy afternoon
0: Uh, but she's great. I think, you know, her tone is like, the very first time I heard her tone, I was a bit off put by the kind of huskiness mm-hmm. and the vibrato is a little. She, but I, because of Kids Harp, I learned to kind of love vibrato because mm. I always associated vibrato with affectedness. Mm. Like, yeah, you know, it's like, sure. oh, don't, you know, spare me your. But she is just on point and her intonation is. Is great but her what she is i'm confident better at any other singer is diction hmm. she does uh the the first song on that album is down in the depths on the 90th floor which i'm sure you know Cold Cold Porter. Porter. Yeah. uh and the way she pronounced depths all those consonants without <laughs> without being affected about it it's just i'll hmm. play for you maybe later it just rolls off of her tongue and it, it's just gorgeous and she yeah if i were a songwriter like she would be the one person i wish would sing one of my songs
2: well this was uh you know that this is why um Stephen merritt called that project uh one of his side projects the the sixths right, right? hyacinth and, Hi- and called the record yeah and <laughs> both of the records have titles with those diphthongs right. and nests, and that yeah. wasps nests that was his um i i i feel like i'm uh Committing an FCC violation, even even being that sibilant into the microphone here, <laughs> and uh, the 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 point was to kind of mess with the guest singers, right, by giving them vowels that like were not suited to their voices. I did not know like, that. Yeah, that, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge his... you know
0: Stephen Merritt fan. He he's almost as good as you at songwriting.
2: <laughs> oh, can did we tape that?
0: That concludes part one of my chat with Franklin Bruno, part two coming down the pike in one minute. Thanks for listening. See you next time.
4: This has been an Ambivert Media Production.